Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rookie Live podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Prophet, and I want to say a personal thank you for joining us here today for episode number two. We've been working on a series called Take Care of Yourself, and today's episode is focused on nutrition. I'll be talking to a nutritionist whose passions are helping people and something I believe we can all appreciate, how to be the best version of yourself. If you're wondering what else we're about here at The Ricky Life, well, let me tell you. We focus on what it means to start something new, even when you have no idea where to begin, how to develop new skills in all areas of your life, and how to find that it factor that will keep you motivated every single day. So join us as we dive headfirst into what it means to be a rookie. Come on, rookies. We all have to start somewhere. Welcome to episode number two. We're continuing our series, Take Care of Yourself, and I can't wait for you to hear today's guest. Y'all, I found us a nutritionist who knows what it's like to be a busy mama on the go. She knows how to deal with picky eaters, and she's even going to help us improve our relationships with food. Kelly Gill has worked as a registered dietitian since 1999. She got her bachelor's degree in nutrition from Stephen F. Austin and her master's in nutrition from Texas Women's University in Houston. And about a year ago, she became a board-certified specialist sports dietitian. Guys, Kelly's qualifications totally blow me away, and I'm just so honored that she took time out of her busy schedule to share some of her insightful tips on nutrition with us today. Kelly currently works for Baylor Scott & White, Texas Fine & Joint Hospital in Tyler, Texas, and she's in their sports medicine program. She specializes in outpatient nutrition and helps people reach their nutrition-related goals. She also recently started a medically monitored rapid weight loss program. Kelly's husband is the high school girls basketball coach in the small town where they live, and together they have three kids ages 9, 11, and 12. So rookies, I hope you find lots of good information from my interview with Kelly. All right, Rookie Life Podcast, I'd like to introduce Kelly Gill. She is a nutritionist and dietitian um, in the East Texas area, and we are joined here by her to give us some advice on nutrition and healthy living and just all about food. Who doesn't love food, right? So welcome to the show, Kelly. Hi, thanks. So um, we kind of have your background here as, you know, you're in nutrition and it's kind of been your life for some time now. Um, do you kind of want to elaborate on that and kind of give us a little bit of the background of your story and what made you choose nutrition and how you are at the point you are in your career? Okay. Well, um, actually, it's kind of an interesting decision that I chose nutrition Um as a kid, any of my family can tell you I'm probably the least likely person you would expect to go into the field of nutrition. Um, I just was an extremely picky eater as a kid and really didn't like anything. So, but um, fast forward, I um, went to Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches and didn't know what I wanted to do, but I did like health and um, I actually played soccer there and, you know, was interested maybe in personal trainer or, you know, I just didn't know what. And, um, didn't really seem like kinesiology was the place to go and it didn't I tried health and I actually was a health major for a while and um, had to take a nutrition class and the direct the uh, 
the dean of nutrition kind of talked me into switching majors. Um, I ended up losing 27 hours, but I just, for me, I needed something really specific and really like you do this and then you do that and then you become this. Yeah. And, um, right. and so that kind of gave me that and was still in the field of health. And I also just found um, the science of nutrition really interesting. I'm kind of a, a little bit of a why person. Um, so I like understanding it better and not necessarily like, I guess kind of removing the, the food from it and just sort of seeing as a science um, was interesting to me. So that kind of got me into the field, I guess. Okay, well, that's great. So you would say you've been in it since college is probably when you would have started, I guess, your interest in nutrition and everything. Yes, I, I, you know, did the traditional path of became a, uh, got my bachelor's degree in nutrition and then applied for internships, got into an internship right away. That was a master's degree and internship combined program. So by the end of that, I had a master's degree and, and a registered, registered dietitian, um, yeah, so that and then have been working ever since. Oh, that's great. Well, to kind of segue off of what you just said, so can you elaborate for people because a lot of there may be a lot of confusion out there as between a dietitian and a nutritionist. So what is the difference and, you know, if we were to go see someone, what would we need to look for as far as credentials go? Yeah, so um, that's actually pretty confusing to people. Um, basically it boils down to no one owns the term nutritionist. So it's a free terminology that anyone can use if they just desire to, whereas registered dietitian, it's, you know, you have to be a registered dietitian to use that term. So, um, registered dietitian implies that someone has a degree specifically in nutrition. They've completed, um, specific coursework. They have passed an exam. Uh, They have kept up with their uh, uh, credentials, continuing education. Um, With that said, they they can treat diseases. So I provide medical nutrition therapy. If someone has diabetes, if someone has renal failure, if someone has obesity, it is providing them nutrition therapy, whereas a nutritionist maybe um, looks more just at health and wellness, and they can't actually treat anything um, by law. You know, they're not protected to to treat. So that's the biggest difference. So if someone is really just wanting to be healthy, do you need to go and spend and find a registered dietitian and spend the money? I can tell you insurance probably wouldn't pay for that if it just was for health. Um, You don't need to seek out a registered dietitian. I will tell you, though, um, if you're not sure, it's a, it's a kind of falling back on something that is science-based and, and you're not going to, you pretty much, it's a safe bet. Um, okay. Whereas yeah. a nutritionist, you don't really know what you're getting. Exactly. Like I'm just sitting here picturing all the blogs and just everything that's out on the internet. Someone calling themselves yeah. a nutritionist saying, oh, this is the way of life. This is how it should be. And just to kind of be cautious yeah. of anything out there. And it, I mean, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. You just don't know. Like it could be somebody perfectly sound and awesome and incredible, but you, you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. A nutritionist or a dietitian would never really give you any kind of bad advice. So if there is something out there you're not quite sure about, I would definitely second guess it or seek professional you know, guidance on what mm-hmm. you should do or what you should follow. Okay, well, um, I know you yourself, um, you have a family, and I'm sure you're super busy with kids and running around, so um, 
A hot button question for me personally is what do you suggest for families um, on those busy weeknights? You know, everyone's got to eat. You know, the kids, you're late at the ball Mm -hmm. field or, you know, you're running around from practice and stuff. So what's a good solution um, to kind of address that question? Well, I think probably my first go-to advice is always plan ahead. Um, It just... It's like there just really isn't a way around it. The more you plan ahead, the more time you save, you know, when you're in the thick of it. Yeah. So if if I have, like, for example, a Sunday where we're home and it's slower, I can go ahead and do my grocery list and pull, plan my meals, kind of pull the calendar out, plan my meals accordingly. Um, then as I'm driving home from work, I've got the plan in my mind already. So because I know, like, you know, one thing that, that gets me anyway is if I come home from work and I'm hungry and we've got to race out the door, well, unless there's a plan in place, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make a great choice as far as what is available. And then the yeah. kids are, they're waiting for you to get home and they're, they're wanting this and they're wanting that. So having a plan in place is probably the best advice I can give. And then for anybody that does have a family, I know kids are it's hard to feed kids. And if you have more than one, I mean, my God, they all want something different. They all have different tastes. Um, so I've found that if you can, um, plan the menu, not with them, um, but let them know what the plan is, uh, it just goes over a lot smoother. Um, you know, this is what we're going to have tonight. End of story. You know, I mean, not not that you don't plan them with them in mind, but you know what I mean? For sure. I mean, I have, I have three boys, you know, and they're nine, six, and two, and there was a time where everyone was wanting this and that, and I've kind of just, along the years, have found out that if you just keep putting foods out there, they kind of try it, and then after a while, you know, it's like it's not even a fuss anymore, but it does take a while, especially if you're in a different kind of routine um, of making separate meals for everyone, then um, it can be kind of a daunting task to take on, but... um, Yeah, and I... I have an extremely picky eater at home. Um, one that, you know, it's it's not like your normal, typical picky eater. And with him, and, and this would be my advice to anybody that deals with that, is um, just changing his mindset about things. I am not, let me be clear, I am not changing his world in terms of I'm getting him to try food that he wouldn't try otherwise because I'm such an amazing person. I can't get the child to eat, but what I can do is help train his thoughts about food by saying things like, okay, yeah, I get you don't really, you don't like this or you, you know, you don't like the way that looks or you don't like the way that smells or, but you know, your taste buds change all the time. So maybe in a year or two, you'll like it again or you know, and, and I try to keep his mind really open to food, even though right now in this moment in life, he's not willing to try. Um, and like a perfect example is he used to have red sauce on his pasta. And then we, we went years where he, he refused to have red sauce. And then he came home one day from a friend's and he was like, mom, you know how you say our taste buds change all the time? Well, the pasta, the sauce smelled really good, so I thought I would try a little bit, and I really liked it. And so I think I like red sauce now, Mom. <laughs> and now he eats red sauce on his pasta, and that's one of the only things he eats now. But Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, but no, that's so good. Like, that's just, um, 
it's just such a good point that it's just an open-mindedness and kind of a carefree kind of attitude towards it. Like, oh, it's okay if you don't like it right now, but, you know, we're, like, we're not going to worry that much about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I think that. that's, that's well said about not worrying. I just, and just really in general, I think with the health crisis and I know like you get this little window of time where, where you're as a mom trying to raise your kids and put them out into the world and, and it's so hard to get everything right. And it's so overwhelming to, to do it all. And I think food tends to be one of those things that it's kind of this all or none for a lot of people where either I'm going to just overhaul my whole life and I'm going to, we're going to eat nothing but organic and everything is going to be vegetables yes. and no dairy and no gluten. And, um, and then it's like, there's the, there just has to be, a, there just has to be some middle ground with it. And, and so I think that's all about like not making food too big of a deal. It's about kind of minimizing it. Like, you know, we do the best we can and we try to try to eat more vegetables and more fruits, but we just don't get fixated on it too much either. Well, I'm so glad that you said that because I, I feel like there's this weight of, you know, like a lot of moms out there just kind of went, okay, like, thank you for saying that because I know for me for a long time, I just struggled with, okay, you know, what is that? Let me read the label. Like where'd that come from? You know, how much of this is it having it? And I was just so overwhelmed with it for a long time. I know I was driving my husband insane. I was probably driving the kids crazy too. They just couldn't say anything about it. But, um, but you're absolutely right, you know, about just not being so consumed with the idea and just making it more of a carefree, again, kind of attitude towards it. You know, it is important, but it's not our entire world. Right. So I yep. love that. I love that point. Um, well, kind of going along with, you know, what's out there and the health crisis and us as moms getting so wrapped up in what we're feeding our family and what this person on Pinterest is doing and what that person is doing and meal plans and just everything that's out there. What advice would you give to someone who is trying to go down that path but is just absolutely overwhelmed with the grocery store and grocery shopping and trying to feed their family and not spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I think I'd just, just pick one area to focus on. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard smart goal setting. Um, smart is the acronym. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it, so it's setting smart goals, which are smart is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. Basically, what that means is instead of just saying, I need to eat better, it's saying, okay, isolating, like, okay, maybe I'm just going to focus on I don't get enough fruits or vegetables, and I'm just going to focus on that. Or can I shop local for this? Or maybe it's um, uh, I'm going out to eat for lunch every day, so I want to change that one behavior, and I'm going to swap that out with this plan, and it's real specific, and it's measurable, and it's you know, it's attainable, meaning it has to fit into what you're doing right now. Um, and so, I, I mean, I would say just pick one area, whether it's, you know, looking at breakfast, lunch or dinner, or whether it's looking at the whole like um, food groups, like I needed more fruits and vegetables, or I need to have make sure that my meals are balanced with protein, carbs and produce, or, you know, like it's just Pick one something that you want to get better at and just focus on that one something. Okay, that's great. That, that's so 
That's so good. And I have heard of the SMART um, goals before, but I think you saying it aloud just kind of reiterates that that is so applicable to so many areas of our life. And I'd never thought about it with food before. And that's just such a good point to help us kind of, you know, go from maybe our habits aren't super healthy, but we're trying to get there that it's just kind of that one baby step, that one step at a time. And then once you achieve that, it's a lot easier to move on to the next aspect right. of your and you life. You kind of have to look at, you know, I think you have to analyze too, like what is it that you feel like is the, the one thing that's the, the one limiting factor? What's getting in your way of reaching your goal? Or what's the first thing that's getting in your way of reaching your goal? And once you kind of analyze that, I, a good example I can think of working with a woman that was struggling with her weight. And it was, she's a stress eater and they had a candy bowl at work or a candy drawer or something. And she would, she didn't even realize how much candy she would consume while she was at work, but it was just a kind of a stress reaction. So we talked about number one, just figuring that out is a huge step. Like learning that about yourself is great. Now we can fix it. So that was the one area where she focused her attention on improving. And, and she took that instead of just saying, I'm not going to have candy. It's the re the realization that that food gi is giving her something like you're whatever you do that's that's quote unquote bad. You're getting something good from it. So let's not necessarily label it as good or bad, but let's just kind of break it down and understand it. So there is something good that she was getting from candy and it, it does release endorphins when you eat foods that taste good. Yeah. And so we kind of look at it as you you're needing some endorphins to be released in your brain to make you feel better. And you can also get that when you exercise. Unfortunately, with exercise, those endorphins take a little while to get released. But if you know that it's going to happen and you just go ahead and make yourself do it, then you get the benefit later. And then you um, start to tie that feel-good feeling to walking um, just by the course of doing it over and over. And so she was able to replace that behavior. So she would walk and also deep breathe instead of going for the jar of candy or the bowl of candy or whatever it was. And it just was a small little thing, um, you know, and it took a lot of work and, and concentration too, but, but it was an area where she could just focus on that one thing. And I feel like, you know, the everything with food has so much to do with our mental behaviors as it does, you know, it's <laughs> not, we kind of pretend like we're all on autopilot and some of us are, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit, but you know, now I'm sitting here thinking of my own stressors. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I will go grab that if I'm getting stressed out or yeah. something. So that's good to know. So it's a positive mindset and just a good relationship with food overall, I think is uh, really strategic to having a healthy lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. Well, you, you're saying that it reminds me of my professor with my first like nutrition 101 course. Um, the professor wrote the first day on the on back when they had chalkboards on the chalkboard. Nutrition equals be our, yeah, behavior equals nutrition or whatever it was. And then she puts a slash through that equal sign. Like, oh, it was knowledge. Knowledge equals behavior, and she slashed out equals. Like, knowledge does not equal behavior. If it were just a science, then I wouldn't have a job because we would all be eating yes. perfectly. So much of what I do is, you know, is behavior focused <laughs> yes no and that's so great that we're talking about this because you know the the series is talking about everything that has to do with taking care of yourself and i think that 
food is one aspect of it, but your relationship and your mentality towards food, I mean, it just goes hand in hand. And I'm so glad that you pointed that out because until someone had told me that, I hadn't even thought about it. I had never Mm. even really associated the two. I was heavy at one point. Um, After I had Mm. my oldest son, I was around 215 pounds because I gained Mm -hmm. so much weight when I was pregnant. And I just thought, that's what you're supposed to do. And I gained probably 80 pounds. And then after he was born, and I couldn't blame it on the baby weight anymore, I was still heavy for a long time. And I didn't realize that I had such an unhealthy relationship with food. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really glad that you talked about that. I think a lot of people um, struggle with that, um, the mentality of it. And one thing that I'd also like to take the time, if you don't mind, because you brought up weight, um, and that's something that I I feel really passionate about, and I also feel, I guess, with passion can come frustration, Um, and this is working with women and doing life with women, and is this issue of weight, and I wish so bad that the focus wasn't on the weight, but that the focus was on just behaviors and feeling good physically. Because in my line of work and, and where I've seen success, so I, I work obviously work with a ton of people over, I've been doing this 19 years, uh, where I see the most success, and I'm talking about like long-term life changes, is when people stop worrying about the scale and stop worrying about how they look and they focus more on how they feel physically. Yeah. Um, when I eat healthy food, my body feels better physically and, and if you focus on the behavior changes rather than what the scale says about those behavior changes, you'll have success. One example, just real quick, I, I had someone come in, she was in her 50s, said she was done trying to lose weight, that she'd been trying to lose weight for 20 years, can't lose weight, just was basically scientific. She just, it's like, it can't happen. <laughs> it's not yeah. physically possible. And so she quit on that, but she was diagnosed with prediabetes and wanted to make sure that she didn't develop full-on diabetes. So um, so that's where we focused. And after working with her for like two years, I think she ended up losing 20 pounds. And, and it took like six months before she even saw any weight loss. And she was never focusing on the weight, but it just sort of happened because she was so focused on feeling better physically. So while I know I don't, I don't want people to focus on weight, but I also want there to be hope that when, when you don't focus on weight, there still can be some improvement with the weight. I love that. I love that because um, that was really the mentality shift for myself. And I know that um, the, our fitness expert that we were talking to, she said the exact same thing. And, you know, it's not about the scale. Like, just throw the scale away, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like – how do you feel on the inside and how do you feel mentally and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of being your best self is yeah. the overall goal. And that's really what um, the message that I would like to portray here at the rookie life, you know, is just taking care of yourself and the, you know, the best yeah. way possible. So, um, well, with that being said, um, we have a Facebook group that's kind of um, it's our rookie tribe and I kind of, ask them for some questions. I let them know I was going to be talking to a nutritionist. And um, so I have two questions from them I'd like to read, if you're all right with that. Sure. But it says, um, if you're eating a healthy diet, do you still need to be taking supplements? Ah, that's a fun one. So <laughs> I'll try to keep this short. Okay. Supplements can really get me off on a tangent. Um, 
So no, not necessarily. Um, if you are eating a healthy diet, then, then I would hope you wouldn't need supplements. Here's the thing with supplements that you don't really know what your body is absorbing. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it can be a waste of money with that said, some people, if you have the extra money and you don't mind spending it, it's, it isn't necessarily a bad thing to have it as a, a fallback, but I can tell you, I don't, I don't use, I don't take a multivitamin and sometimes I think I probably should, but you know, it's just one more thing that's just, I guess an inconvenience. So I yeah. haven't, I don't do it. And it's just not that important because I feel like just that if you're eating a healthy diet, you shouldn't need anything. Well, there are a few exceptions though. I will say um, vitamin D for one, we, there's just not enough vitamin D in food really to get it in your diet. Um, and so if you're not in the sun or if it's not warm months where you're outside, then you can have a vitamin D deficiency. And we're finding out so many more um, people are getting vitamin, are having vitamin D deficiencies. And I think it's because of our lifestyle change, being more indoors and less outdoors. Um, so a vitamin D supplement is probably a good idea. And then also omega-3 uh, fatty acids, that, that can be a good idea too. Well, that's good to know, yeah. That's... Unless you get with fish, if you're having eight ounces of fish a week, then that's, then that's enough. But if you don't have eight ounces of fish, then an omega-3 fatty acid supplement is a good, good idea. Okay. Well, perfect. Yeah. You answered that. Great. Um, my next question is what are your thoughts on the trendy keto diet? And I have to, this is my disclaimer. I've seen about it, but I personally don't know all the details about it. So, mm -hmm. um, if that's something you're familiar with, can you elaborate on that or kind of give your two cents? Yes, I can. So a keto, uh, keto diet one I, I really have to question if because it's become such a, a fad right now I question how true to keto it actually is so keto uh, by definition is like 90% fat 8% protein or you know 80% fat 90% fat um, maybe 8 to to 20 uh, to 18% we'll say protein and then like 2% carbs so it's, it's basically mostly fat um, to me, when I think about that, I think one, the issue with compliance and, and, you know, in terms of healthy lifestyle, it's not a lifestyle diet. It is just a short term diet. Like yeah. I can't see anybody living that way. Yeah. With that said, um, I, I have mixed feelings about fad diets and temporary diets. Um, on one hand, if that's the, the boost you need, if you need something rigid and that works for you and you are gung ho and, and you want to do it. I don't have a problem with anything short term, um, especially if it gets you going. The only problem I have, though, is that it's not a long term fix. So you're still you still need a long term solution. It's not that long term solution. So sure, fine, give it a try, do it, whatever. But you still need a long term solution. So I'm not I mean, I don't know. It's definitely not like a healthy approach to eating. But I'm a big fan of anybody making lifestyle changes. Good or bad. Yeah. Know? Like, well, hey, <laughs> and, and, I, and you pretty much answered the question how I figured you would answer it. Um, I've I've taken a few nutrition courses myself, and I've been interested uh -huh. in nutrition for a long time. And it's been that's kind of textbook. It's not about a trendy, new, hot off the press. This is what everyone's doing, and I've lost so much weight. It's more about what are you going to do for the rest of your life to take care mm -hmm. of your body and take care of yourself. Yeah. So. Well, I have some, what I'm calling keeping it real questions, and it's what we're asking all of our guests, and um, they're just some kind of fun, rapid-fire questions. Um, if you don't mind answering them, they're some more lighthearted, some a little bit more serious, but it's really just all in good fun. Okay. So, um, 
the first one I'll ask is if you do stick to a pretty regular schedule of eating and everything, what would be your quote unquote cheat day meal? You know, what is your like, oh, you're just, I'm going to go, I'm going to indulge. Like what is your favorite food yeah. that you like to indulge on? Oh, I am, you know, this is really pathetic and sad, but I would say like snacky, salty, crunchy snack food. I love like, it. Like I love <laughs> like chips or, yes. um, I don't know. Yeah. Salty, crunchy. Yeah. Like Cheez-Its and goldfish and like mm-hmm. that kind of, yeah, that's yeah. totally, that's right like, on my you know, alley. <laughs> I always tease my family. Like we can't keep goldfish in the house because I like literally my weight will be up three pounds of goldfish. Yes. In the house. <laughs> yes. I'm <laughs> totally it. the same. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, well, what about what made it motivate you on days when things are super tough? You know, you're just you're having a bad day, or maybe you know you haven't been on your fitness goals, or you haven't been eating as well as you'd like. Like, what kind of mm-hmm. keeps you going? What pushes you past that? Um, gosh, I don't even know how to answer it. Well, first, let me just say, uh, just I have a strong relationship with Christ in my heart, like where. I just feel like I carry him with me at all times. And, and so I'm constantly centered by um, and grounded by that and by him. Um, beyond that, I'm, I'm, I'm not really hard on myself. And I also don't have a lot of, I don't have this expectation that things are going to be perfect. So I just like, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I don't really have big emotional mood swings. So I just, I don't know. No, I think <laughs> you, I think you answered that perfectly. I think that that <laughs> is a great answer, and that's actually one of the ways I ground myself is kind of some quiet time and just taking a deep breath and just saying, "Jesus, take the wheel. I can't do this yeah. anymore." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next question is, what's the best advice you would give to your younger self? Um, I think I would say that I'm not going to be as great as I think I'm going to be, <laughs> you know, like life is not, I don't know. Life it just has a way of humbling you that, um, that's great. And that's wonderful. I guess maybe it's that, that control of, you know, I'll be this, like, you know, you have this list of being this perfect person. Yeah. And I guess I would say, you know, maybe drop the list. <laughs> like yeah. Let life just happen. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, it's totally true. And I think that that will resonate with a lot of people out there because we hold ourselves to a pretty high standard. Yeah. I think I saw a pin and it said, um, said something like, I'm, I'm, oh, I was such a better mom before I had kids. (laughs) Oh, that's so, so true. Oh, especially when it comes to motherhood. That's a topic we could talk about for hours and hours and hours. We won't get into all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Is there um, a way for people to connect with you or um, to find out more about you? Sure. Um, Well, and actually, unfortunately, our, our website is down, but um, we are brand new. So I work for Baylor Scott & White um, Texas Spine and Joint Hospital, and we have a Facebook page, the Sports Medicine Facebook page. So that's one way. Um, we're starting that, and we're kind of slowly getting onto that. Um, but also just personally, Facebook okay. is probably the best way, and it's uh, Kelly Frank Gill. Frank is my maiden name. 
Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I think we've covered some amazing things and I'm sure there'll be even more questions out there that um, will continue the conversation. And I'm just so happy that you're able to join us. So thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. Thanks, Crystal. Man, Kelly was great, wasn't she? I could have talked to her for hours and hours about food and nutrition. Her practical advice, especially coming from another busy mama, just helped me rethink some of the things in my own life as far as pressure that I put on myself and trying to do it all and be everything to everyone. But just to recap what we covered, we were reminded that no one owns the term nutritionist. So watch out for who you're receiving information from. Just like anything else, don't believe everything you read on the internet, even if it is part of an amazing tasty video or it's the top pinned pin on Pinterest. And another thing was to always plan ahead. To quote Kelly directly, she said, the more time you plan ahead, the more time you save. And I love that. And just to give you a quick little story, um, you can ask my husband, Seth, but I live by my grocery store pickup. Live by it. I order my groceries online. I set an appointment that works into our schedule. And this has literally saved my life. It saves me time. It saves me money. I'm no longer doing that impulse shopping that I was doing before. And it has saved my freaking sanity. Like that's probably the biggest factor. Shopping with three hungry kids in the store is no longer an issue for me. I just, I don't do it. And it has been absolutely glorious and life-changing. But anyway, that's my little rant on grocery shopping. Another thing that Kelly mentioned were SMART goals, which is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. So if you're looking to change something in your nutrition health style, then I encourage you to sit down and set some goals. Maybe it's for the next six weeks. Maybe it's for the next six months. But I really encourage you to do this because it can make such a difference in your overall health and fitness. But the number one, are y'all listening? Tune in. The number one takeaway I want everyone to remember is that sometimes we just need to change our mindset about food. So maybe we need to figure out how to have a healthy relationship with food. If you need guidance, raise your hand. I have been there. I have needed someone to tell me, do not put that in your mouth. That is bad for you. It's got too much of this, not enough of that. If you don't know where to start, go to your healthcare provider. Please seek out professional help if you need it or go ask your girlfriend who had someone give her a nutritionist number and now she looks amazing and feels amazing. Get advice from people who are doing great things in their life because you want to be like that. You want to feel good about yourself. And I just really encourage you to seek out a way to get that for yourself. But feel free to hop on over to crystalprofit.com. That's crystal with a K and profit with two F's and two T's. And check out the show notes for this week's episode. And you'll find the links to Kelly's social media. Guys, I'm so happy you joined us here today for the Rookie Life podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And there are some really, really, really exciting things right around the corner. And I can't wait to share them with you. But please feel free to rate and review the show. 
I'll be choosing random reviewers to receive some cool Rookie Life merchandise, and I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to get some of these really cool things. But that about does it for episode number two. Stay tuned for next week's show, and remember, keep it up, rookies. We all have to start somewhere.